Welcome to this edition of Amazing Creation. I'm your host, Fred Johnson. This show is about the credibility of the scriptures as they pertain to the creation of the world and our origins, and in contrast to the dogma of evolution. The show is produced by the Triangle Association for the Science of Creation. That's shortened to TASC, T-A-S-C, a Raleigh, North Carolina group of scientists and lay folks whose mission is to increase awareness of the scientific evidence supporting the plain, straightforward understanding of the biblical account of creation. Evolution is almost universally now taught in our public schools, colleges, and universities as the origin of all of life we see around us. But there are many, including highly educated scientists, who see evolution not only as impossible, but moreover as untenable when made to stand beside the revealed Word of God in the Bible. Today's guest is Dr. Gerald Van Dyke. Dr. Van Dyke was a professor at North Carolina State University for 38 years, teaching and conducting research in the fields of plant and fungal sciences. He is a TASC board member and a past chairman of TASC. I've known Gerald personally for almost 20 years since I first joined TASC myself. Today, Dr. Van Dyke will be speaking to us about how he started at NC State, how he became convinced that evolution was not a viable explanation of our origins, and how he came to a fuller understanding of the scriptures and became involved with the science of creation. Welcome, Gerald, to today's program. Thank you, Fred. Uh, really enjoyed the relationship we've had together over these years and task. And I feel privileged to be a part of this program today. I'm from Illinois originally, and, and uh, well, I like to tell corny jokes. And <laughs> I would tell one today, but uh, people would probably just say, oh, shucks. So <laughs> I won't do that, Fred. Uh, after uh, undergraduate studies at, uh, in botany at Eastern Illinois University, I was offered a research assistantship to pursue graduate studies at the University of Illinois. And there I completed a master's degree in 66 and a PhD in uh, Doctor of Philosophy in Plant Pathology in 68. After uh, completing studies at Illinois, I was offered a postdoctoral position at North Carolina State University in 1968, and thus I began a career at State that lasted for 38 years, uh, teaching and doing research on plants and diseases of plants caused by fungi. Gerald, I understand that after you came to North Carolina, you had an encounter with Jesus, and that changed your life. Fred, I had grown up believing in God, a sort of eight, Romans eight twenty eight uh, that God was out there somewhere, and I tried to give uh, live a good life. But uh, in the early seventies, um, I discovered that Jesus really was God in the flesh and God and the Creator of all things that are. I realized I'd really never made a commitment to allow Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life. And uh, after that, my life changed from being a religious person to being one led by the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, of course, that didn't mean I wasn't and don't continue to be a sinner, but I knew I was forgiven of my sins. So, Gerald, did anything else in your life change at that time? I really, I suddenly saw that the Bible uh, was God's holy word, and it uh, just came alive for me. And I just became hungry to know more about God's Word and Jesus. And, of course, that eventually led into uh, wanting to know more about creation as well. So 
how did this relate to your getting involved in creation movement? I think it really began when uh, I heard a radio program on WPJL, where we are today, uh, sponsored by the Institute for Creation Research, and uh, actually started re receiving materials from them called Acts and Facts. It's a mon monthly booklet that provides explanation about various aspects of creation and evidences for creation as presented in the Bible. So I began reading about scientific evidences for biblical accounts of creation and really the many problems with the evolutionary explanation of origins, which I had been taught. Um, I had the impression from science courses I had taken and from TV programs and uh, various other fossils found in the rocks all over the world that that provided evidence that life had begun from some so-called primordial soup um, of chemicals that accidentally came together, mixed and formed the first life, uh, and that science community explained all these things uh, and then would say then how these increasingly became more complex and finally resulted in the accidental production of humans. Um, I've, of course, that didn't fit with the Bible at all, and uh, I've always been amused when I think about the late outstanding creation scientist, Dr. Dwayne Gish, who was a biochemist, Ph.D., from the University of California at Berkeley, and he used to call this process that evolution uh, explained as being from goo to you by way of the zoo. <laughs> so, uh, in other words, the implication is that that uh, organisms evolved up through apes and then eventually we came, became humans. The fossil evidence really doesn't support evolution uh, because there are so many missing links. There, there's no link between the various kinds of organisms, and the fossil record doesn't support that. In fact, the uh, fossil record uh, actually shows stasis. It shows that organisms pretty much stay the same. They don't change from, like dogs don't change into cats, and um, other organisms don't change into other forms of life, and it, it really fits with exactly what the Bible says. Were there other influences, uh, Gerald, for you that helped see problems between uh, evolution and the authority of Scripture? Fred, I think the next thing that was uh, <clears throat> most um, influential on me was uh, reading the Genesis record, a book by doctors uh, John Whitcomb and Henry Morris. And um, this especially... Uh, dealt with the sedimentary rock layers all over the earth and and whether these were really the res result of a worldwide flood of Noah's day. Uh, Dr. Henry Morris had had training in water cataclysmic activities and he was a major influence in the beginnings of the modern day creation science movement. Uh, this book was published back in the 60s and uh, I had the honor of meeting Dr. Morris on several occasions. <clears throat> we invited him to Raleigh for a creation conference, actually, back in the 70s. Uh, Dr. Morris was a, a very inspiring man of God, very knowledgeable of Scripture, and also an outstanding scientist as well. Um, Fred, um, 
I was now questioning what I had been taught concerning biological evolution and many of its ramifications. And uh, like you, uh, we had both been pretty much trained up in evolution. And, and the reason we're both in task now is because we see that a lot of what we were taught was really not true. I began also to see that scientists, particularly in fields like geology, and biology uh, relied on what they thought was evidence from the other. The geologists thought that the biologists had proven evolution, and, and the biologists thought the geologists had proven evolution, and, and really neither one of them had. They, they made untrue assumptions uh, from each one. So I understand that it was about this time that you met the late Dr. Donald Heyman. I did, uh, Fred. <clears throat> when I got the materials from the Institute for Creation Research, I noted that uh, there was a man by the name of Dr. Donald Heyman who was on their advisory board. And it turns out that uh, <clears throat> Dr. Heyman was a professor uh, in the food science department at NC State. And so I contacted Don and discovered that... Uh, he was actually the one who had sponsored the ICR program on WPJL. So several of us uh, like-minded creationists got together and met in his home, and that was really the beginnings back in the late 70s of the Triangle Association for the Science of Creation, or TASC as we call it. Um, we incorporated shortly after that, and uh, our goal then was to help Christians understand the importance of God's Word and that the Bible is reliable in areas of origins and the worldwide flood and other aspects of science uh, as it relates to uh, origins. And of course, our ultimate goal, Fred, you know, in, in task is that we hope that non-believers we'll see that God's word is true and therefore Jesus Christ is the answer to all truth. Uh, TASC is sponsoring this radio program to further the message that God's word is truth and provides answers to the many questions of life and of origins. It's been said that everyone had a, has a quest to know, where did I come from? What's the meaning of life for me personally? And where will I go after this life? So, Gerald, when you were teaching, um, did you teach evolution at NCSU? Well, Fred, when I first came to state, of course, I was still an evolutionist. I had not accepted Christ at that time. And so in my early years at state, yes, I did. I was teaching in the uh, introductory biology course. I was just teaching the standard textbook dogma about evolution and how it related to plants and animals and so forth, that they evolved from simple forms and became more and more complex. Um, later in my teaching, of course, after I discovered that most of what I was saying and what was in the textbooks was really not true, um, indicating that uh, many groups of plants really had unknown origins. Uh, for example, the flowering plants, which are the most abundant plants on the earth today, there's really little or no uh, evidence for their ancestry, and the textbooks say this consistently. Uh, even though they make sweeping statements about evolution being true, they, they always come back to the fact that we really don't know where flowering plants came from in the first place. 
Well, were there difficulties with your taking a stand on creation at the university? Fred, I um, uh, was continuously um, uh, ridiculed behind my back uh, for my creation stand. Um, there were certain administrators who tried to block my salary raises, tried to block my promotions. And uh, so definitely there was a challenge there. Um, even though I got along well with my uh, colleagues, many people probably thought that I was maybe a little bit kooky because I took a stand on creation science. Gerald, I, I see from your resume that you received a regional teaching award and advising and teaching awards uh, given by NCSU, including the highest UNC system teaching award, the Board of Governors Award for Excellence in Teaching and Learning. Fred, I uh, just uh, thank God for protecting me and uh, uh, providing for me during all those years of service at NC State. Uh, what a privilege to be able to teach and work with so many students. And uh, so in the end, I just have to give God the glory for the successes that I was able to accomplish. Um, and uh, <clears throat> I had a, a plaque on my desk uh, from 1 Thessalonians 5.18, uh, which says, in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So in spite of things that happened, <clears throat> I tried to keep a positive attitude, and continue just to trust God in everything that was happening. Well, thank you, Dr. Gerald Van Dyke, for sharing your personal journey through the wilderness that the evolutionists had put you into and back into a meaningful and fruitful career at North Carolina State. We look forward to having you return. And thanks to you, listeners, for tuning in. You can find out more about TASC and some good information about the scientific study of the world from the perspective of those who take the scriptures seriously at the TASC website, task-creationscience.org. That's T-A-S-C-creationscience.org. There you can learn about TASC's monthly meetings, which are open to the public, subscribe to the monthly newsletter, and read and download previous articles. Until next time, this has been Fred Johnson for Amazing Creation.